Welcome back to Locked On Blue Jays. Today we got a lot for you. We got some Addison Barger uh, interview reactions, plus Justin Turner did his media day, so we'll go over that as well. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Blue Jays. Thank you guys for making Locked On Blue Jays your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Well, there's there was sort of a lot that came out, um, you know, uh, I'll say Friday. Um, we had Addison Barger do an interview as well as Justin Turner's media availability, I guess, for from signing he did. Um, so I, I really do want to start with this, just some quick what Addison Barger said. I'll get your reaction because uh, I, I sort of found it interesting. It wasn't anything like mind-blowing, but it was, it was interesting to say the least. Um, so what he did say was he was asked um, – what he thinks the Blue Jays, some of the Blue Jays issues were last year. He says uh, he's going to focus more on his game, but he says, I didn't hit the ball. I hit, didn't hit the ball into the air enough. I hit the ball into the ground quite often. And I also noticed that Vladdy was doing the same thing, hitting a lot of the top of the ball. Otherwise, those, hit hard, those hard hit balls are home runs. So, I mean, I, I think that's a great observation. That, that was a lot of this Blue Jays issue was, uh, just getting on top of the ball. They were, they were hitting it hard. Like you, you went and looked at hard hit ball percentage and it was great, but a lot of those were buried into the dirt. Yeah. You see Vladdy being, I think it was top 10 in hard hit percentage last year. And it's the same thing. It's just, he's hammering the ball into the ground. As you saw with a lot of other blue Jays players, especially when there was runners on, it felt like every single time there was bases loaded and either Vladdy or George Springer would come up. It was like an automatic double play. We were calling Vladdy the double play merchant at a few times, uh, Last season, George Springer again, oh, it, it was so frustrating because you would think they'd score one or two runs and you were like, hey, this is finally really going to blow it open. And then that double play ball would come and it would just ruin our hopes and dreams for that baseball game. And that's just a thing that we've kind of saw with this Jays team throughout the entire year. you got to get the ball in the air. They don't pay you the big box to hit ground balls. They hit you, you pay you the big box to hit home runs, hit doubles, extra base hits. Yeah, there's there's always one clip that stands out to me, and it's when uh, Josh Donaldson was on with MLB Network talking about swing path and and these kids, you know, uh, not coaches telling these kids to you know swing down at the ball, swing across, and Josh Donaldson's pretty much said he's like, you're gonna go nowhere if you swing like. That. No, he he said um, if your coach tells you to get on top of the ball, tell him no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, one of my favorite clips ever, just because he's he's right, right? Because um, like e- even when I played. Like coaches always told me, swing, swing across, swing across, swing across. Oh yeah, you were a huge power hitter, obviously, right? Well, no, but you know, yeah, I was, I was the, you know, hit a single, hit a double, and and then hopefully somebody behind you can drive you in. But, um, uh, but yeah, it's sort of crazy, right? And and now we're seeing that so much with with this baseball team that yeah, it'd be, it's going to be great to hopefully have them bounce back and realize. I mean, even like we keep talking about Vladdy working on his swing and his stance and. And maybe that's something that'll affect that, right? Getting that a little bit up more upward trajectory on that swing path. Yeah, a lot of Blue Jays fans are talking about it. It's all about the launch angle. You have that perfect launch angle. There's a few degrees where it's like they call it the sweet spot yeah. for launch angles. And that's when you have the best chance of hitting the ball out of the yard. 
And that's what the Blue Jays lacked last year. They didn't have a home run hitter over 26 home runs. A few guys around 20, but again, like you look at all these good playoff teams, the Rangers, they had three, four guys hitting over 30 home runs. I know Marcus Simeon was around there. Dolores Garcia, great year. That's what you need. When it comes down to the playoffs, it's tough to get these huge rallies going. It usually just comes down to the one big hit. And you've seen it with the Jays. They haven't gotten the big home run balls and they haven't won any playoff games. Yeah. And I mean, going off of uh, the next thing he sort of went into was he, he really hammered home that it's not a coaching issue. He says, when, when we get to this level of baseball, most guys know what they're doing wrong, what they're doing right and how to fix it. He says that us, us hitting on top of the baseball, that's all mental. That's a, that's a swing path thing. And, and he, he completely went out and addressed that. So I think he's trying to take some of the heat off. I think he knows, and I think a lot of the team knows that John Schneider got a lot of hate uh, over this last bit. I mean, we weren't the best to him either, but um, is he right in that situation? Is this not at all a coaching thing? This is just player. Like what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. When you've been playing baseball your entire lives, I think if you are able to get the major leagues, you're obviously going to be pretty good at it. And at that point, they're just kind of giving you guidelines. They're probably just watching you. They're like, Hey, this is what I notice." But at the end of the day, it is on the hitter. You've been playing baseball your entire life. Like I said, You've got to be able to make these adjustments when you're going through hot and cold streaks. That's just also part of the game. You're not going to be hitting your best baseball uh, all throughout the year. Sometimes you're just going to have to battle through. You're not going to come with your best stuff. But as a coach, you do kind of have to get on your guys, right? If somebody is going through a slump, you got to kind of talk to them. Be like, hey, like I'm noticing this, noticing that. Because other than that, if you're not going to say anything to your players as a coach, why are you even there? I Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I don't think, I don't think it's necessarily just like – uh, not a coaching thing at all, but I also don't think it's completely on the coaches either, right? I think this is sort of a a little bit of two way street in the sense that the players have to take responsibility for what they're doing, but also, you know, if the coaches are noticing things and and should be watching to notice things, that they are comfortable enough and understanding enough to be able to go and talk to those players and and you know tell them what they're seeing. Oh, absolutely. And one player that also could probably help uh, with that knowledge that he had been in the league for a long time, a lot of playoff runs, is Justin Turner. But before we get into that, we have noticed that there is at least 70% of you guys that have not subscribed. It's free. It's a big red button that it helps us out a ton. If you hit that, uh, just subscribe, like, comment. All the interaction helps. And we always are ready to respond to you guys in the comments and have your opinions. Yeah, we're always ready to argue with you in the comments or or you guys tell us that we're, we're dumb or tell us, you know, that you know, wow, Braden, you're just awesome. And I, I'll take that too. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, but we do, but we do appreciate all the comments, even good or bad. We, we like to hear your guys' opinions. Um, and yeah, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter as well. Braden five, Iwasco Carter first two. somebody got the one. Yeah. I was just going to say one, one thing I got to find out who you are. Cause they love what a trolling I had on YouTube yeah, here. So Unfortunately, that's you. not, that's not the problem I needed on Twitter. So if you can get that Twitter, then we can have some talks, but, uh, we're going to move on yeah, to Justin Turner. Uh, Justin Turner had uh, his media day over Zoom for his first time talking on the Toronto Blue Jays. And one thing that I got from this interview is that Justin Turner just seems like a massive team guy. I'm going to quickly go over kind of what he said in that interview. One thing he said was, my job is to be available for manager John Schneider in any way he needs for me and for as many games as I possibly can. How do you feel about that? Um, I, I think it's a guy that's that's getting up there in age that has been through a lot, been through, you know, playoff runs, been through big games, been through big moments, been through big, uh, big years. 
um, knowing now knowing his role. And I feel like there's a lot of guys that get to this point and get too big of a head and don't understand that, you know, their role has changed from them being, you know, at their best to now. Still still playing really good. Still playing really good. I still love this acquisition. Um, but it's it's great as well that that he is already talking about knowing his role in this team. Um, and yeah, hopefully, I mean, the biggest thing is hopefully he can help these guys, you know, get back to their peak performance a little bit too. Yeah, he made a comment on how he was with the Dodgers for an extended period of time. And last year in Boston was his first time kind of just in having to introduce himself to new players. So another thing he said was it was his first year walking into a new clubhouse for a long time. I could play with the Dodgers for a long, long time, won a World Series in 2020. But then he also goes on to say, so the back of the card stuff is there, obviously. That doesn't mean you got to just walk into the room and have people respect you because you did some cool things in the past. And I think that was a really good thing to say because Justin Turner, he knows that on the MLB level, like all these guys are playing for the same thing, right? Doesn't matter what you did last year, five years ago, whether you won eight World Series or none. Doesn't matter how successful you were. It matters about right now and this coming up season. And Justin Turner could have a huge impact on this team, not only with the bat and like filling in for some of these guys. He said he was open to playing third base. If he has to just play first base and spell Vladdy is what he said in his interview as well. He'll be ready for that. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of where John Schneider plays them. And it's cool to see that he is open for anything on this Blue Jays team. Yeah, that's this is the thing with with some of these veteran players, right, is uh, in their almost I don't want to say era of baseball because he's, he's still here. He's still working. But when, when he was in his prime, that sort of era of baseball was a lot different. And I think every, you know, five to 10 years, you can see a little bit of an attitude change. If it, if it is towards a little bit, you know, stronger competitive, take this seriously to the little bit more fun that these players are able to have. Now uh, I think Justin Turner has rolled with the changes to the league very well. Um, and, and I think he's going to be almost a really good mix of, you know, being serious, knowing when to be serious, knowing when to make changes, knowing when to talk to guys to then knowing how to have fun. He seems like a guy that also like, is, you know, is willing to go out there and have a good time, play baseball, you know, as like he did as a kid. Right. It's always fun when you can tell that major leaguers are having fun out on the diamond, but at the same time, you do need to know when to dial in and be serious about baseball. And Justin Turner caught what we kind of have been saying on this podcast for a long time. And it was about consistency and getting hot at the right time. He goes on to say, you got to get hot at the right time. You have to have everyone pulling the right strings. If you want to win a World, World Series, you're going to have to solve some part ride and do whatever it takes. So he has been through it before. And it's just one of those things. Maybe there is a little bit of luck involved. It's tough to just predict where you're going to get hot and where you aren't. And that's why the standings don't really matter in Major League Baseball. Obviously, it is nice to get that by. But you see the Rangers, they get hot at the right time and they just kind of blew by everyone. Obviously, there was a few close games in there. But when you have that big of an offensive juggernaut, it doesn't really matter how bad your pitching is when you're scoring seven, eight runs a game. Yeah. And, and I mean, we talk about this, right? How, how a lot of the playoffs is you make it into the playoffs and anything can happen, right? Full reset, right? Yeah. And, and Justin Turner knows this better than anybody. And I think that uh, what, what he said there was, was the like what he said in this, inter- in this interview, in this uh, availability was almost exactly everything that I wanted to hear and touched on almost everything that we've been talking about over the past three weeks or two weeks or however long we've, you know, been going with this podcast. Um, but he seems like almost, we talked about the locker room edition, what guy would fit right. This almost feels like uh, what it, 
and you know what? A lot of guys can come out and say stuff, but the way he's joking around, the way he's he's making his points, and the way what he's touching on makes me fully believe that this was a great locker room move for this year. Well, and you look at this locker room already, and you would see how close-knit this group of guys is. And that's a huge thing on the baseball team, or on the Blue Jays baseball team, especially any baseball team, rather that. Um, you got to have your guys back, and you got to know when you're out there that you guys are playing for each other. And it's not just the stats that you're going to put up that year. Yeah. And like you said, the Jays are going to have to make some sacrifices, whether that's sacrificing a little bit of fun to be more serious and pull your weight, or if that's maybe some guys playing positions they're not typically used to playing. I know Davis Schneider has been rumored to kind of be platooning in left field, and he's seen that with open arms. And the one thing in this interview that just made me realize that Justin Turner's just a guy's guy, and he's going to be a great fit for this Jays locker room and fit all along with uh, all these other great locker room guys like Kevin Kiermaier, George Springer, all these positive guys. He goes on and he says, I get asked all the time what my favorite position is in baseball. And it's literally being in the lineup. I do not care where I'm playing. <laughs> so, and that's the thing, right? He doesn't care if, I mean, if you want to throw him at catcher, he'd probably embrace that with open arms. So it's, it's just cool to say, see a guy that would sacrifice pretty much anything just to uh, have his team be successful. You know what? That's what I love about some of these guys, right? Is, is they just love the game, right? Um, I know that like this goes back to like, you know, you listening, go think about like your slow pitch team, right? Imagine not playing slow pitch in the summer or something. And then, and then just like coming back after two or three years and, and remembering how fun it is. Right. Is like this, this totally reminds me of a guy who just absolutely loves the game. And as long as he can be out there, you know, with his guys, with his team, working hard, um, fighting for wins. This, this is exactly, exactly what I wanted to hear from him. And he nailed it. A hundred percent. Yeah, you, you can't teach heart in baseball. And Justin Turner still has the heart at 39 years old. I know people are using that against him, but I think the Jays need a veteran presence in this locker room. And a guy that's done it before, obviously they had George Springer. They had Brandon Belt uh, last year. A little bit more of a jokester, though. I mean, some of his interviews, he was kind of funny. He said, I'm pretty much playing for free for you guys this year, even though he was making $9 million. <laughs> Especially some of the, like, the guys that were coming from the minor leagues are like, what the heck? Like, no, you're definitely not playing for free. I'd love to be playing for $9 million per year. But, uh, yeah, that's going to take us into our next segment here. Uh, The Baltimore Orioles, we talked about, has some new management. And now, unfortunately, they're already making moves, and we're going to cover that in our second segment. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, it's Super Bowl weekend. Well, Super Bowl week, at least leading up to the Super Bowl. Getting close. You're getting a little bit too excited right now. I'm fired up, right? And and just like FanDuel, America's number one sports book, I am ready to put down some bets. This weekend, or this past weekend, was NHL All-Star Game, Pro Bowl. I lost a lot of money. I need to come and get back into the winning mindset. Yeah, you almost had Austin Matthews in uh, oh. the Axie shooting. Just oh. missed out on McDavid by, what was it, 0.2 seconds oh, or something brutal. like that? Yeah. Oh, it's such a bad beat for you. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Some super bets will be placed. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three, or in my case, maybe seven. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored. It's so much more. There is a ton of bets to go uh, and, and make and, and look. Look at uh, new customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
Well, the Orioles might just be a tank. Yeah, unfortunately, they have owners that actually kind of want to make moves and spend money and get rid of a little bit of that farm capital that they do have. So I'll get into the trade details here. Uh, Brewers ace and all-star pitcher Corbin Burns is dealt to the Baltimore Orioles for two prospects. Yet they are great prospects, but when you have a million prospects in your system, doesn't really matter for you. And they give up DL Hall, who is a right left-handed pitcher. Uh, he's been great so far, had great minor league uh, credentials. And then Joey Ortiz as a shortstop. And again, if you're the Orioles, you have to love this move. It's You give up two prospects for one of the best pitchers in the league. Uh, a lot of people are saying the Orioles fleece the Brewers. And I'm I'm sort of in the middle. I think it was a fairly fair try. Like, it was pretty close. Yeah. But I would definitely have, you'd definitely have to give it to the, the proven talent in the major leagues. That's exactly it. it. You take proven talent. I mean, the Canucks uh, make the Lindholm move. And again, it's it's proven NHL talent. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, just made uh, the Sean Monaghan deal again proven uh, instead of for those draft picks. So it's the same sort of thing, right? Where it's, um, yeah, it, it, in five years, seven years, we'll be able to really know for sure who won this deal. But for right now, the Orioles are the winners. Well, and I think you could say if the Orioles end up winning a World Series with Corbin Burns, then they are the winners no matter yeah, what. No question. It doesn't really matter if Joey Ortiz or uh, D.L. Hall turn into uh, Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge, for yeah. example. Yeah. Which there was, or Kevin Gossman and maybe Bo Bichette is yeah, a, there you a go. better example for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, Corbin Burns is a great pitcher. I mean, Dean Kramer had a great year last year. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez. There's a lot of good guys on this Baltimore Orioles, yeah. st- Orioles starting rotation. And it makes you think. Now, the Yankees trade for Juan Soto. Uh, the Rays, I mean, haven't really done much. They lost Tyler Glass now and Wander Franco. Well, I mean, yeah. Don't, we're not going to talk about him too much. Uh, just, uh, not a great guy. Yeah. And then the Red Sox. The Red Sox just aren't that good, in my opinion. Maybe I'll get uh, exposed for that, but I don't think they're going to be no, that good. the Red Sox are cheeks. So that leaves you us to the Blue Jays. What big moves have the Blue Jays made this offseason? Oh, sorry. I was waiting for the crickets. Uh, no, we got Justin Turner. Uh, you know, it, we got IKF. I mean, there's moves that we did make. I And don't get me wrong. I, I really like the Justin Turner move here, um, the acquisition. I really am meh on IKF. But there hasn't been that that standout trade that's like, oh, my goodness, this is going to move the needle for me. And so a little bit my question to you is, if seeing that what all these other teams are doing, especially in our division – is do you honest to God think that we have to make a trade now to keep up with them? Or do you do you want to see the season start, see what we have, and then decide? Yeah, I saw a funny tweet, actually. I can't remember the name. So uh, if somehow you guys come across this, then feel free to give them uh, credits for this. But it pretty much said that uh, Ross Atkins is going to look at this transaction and stare at it for a few hours and be like, this Jays team is good enough. We don't have to do anything. We have enough talent. This Jays team is good. We're... He may not be completely wrong, but I do want to see a bigger move this offseason. And for me, I I know Cody Bellinger does come with a lot of risk, and you probably do have to overpay for him to come here. But I think that would have been a great move for the Jays this offseason. Now I don't know if it really fits because we have Kevin Kiermaier Springer and uh, Dalton Varsho. So then you're going to have to kind of sit one of these guys uh, pretty consistently. And I know Kevin Kiermaier is going to play every day, but... At the same time, you don't want to leave him on the bench all the time for him to get cold and then kind of become useless because he's not playing enough. 
So now this puts the Jays in an interesting situation where I don't really think they can get a whole lot better through free agency. I don't think Ross is necessarily looking at like a huge move in free agency. I think if anything, it'd just be like a role player for the outfield. But yes, I do think the Jays should be looking into trades. And usually we do like to speculate that, but with Ross's history, we have it's so hard to predict at this guy. What what we're thinking of gonna we're, what we're gonna do is uh, is for tomorrow's episode we're gonna do a full segment on the tr- the, the realistic trade targets that we think is uh, like actually a possibility, and then the second segment we're gonna go into some that maybe are a little bit more off the wall, maybe a little bit more um, obscure that we think could work. Um, but I, I'm I'm a hundred percent sort of with you. I there I don't think that we're gonna make any other acquisitions in free agency. Um, and even going to the season, I would be shocked if in the first even two months of this season, if we see any trades, I think it's going to be, if anything, there's it's going to be a deadline move depending on where the Jays are in the standards. I think what's going to happen is it's probably going to be a left-handed bat unless somehow the Jays have a huge blow up season and they're like under 500 at the trade deadline that happens. I don't know how we're going to be talking about this team. Oh, oh, I'll be, I'll have jumped off a bridge by that. We're going to be. Uh, a down under to say the least we're not going to be feeling good about this blue jays team and we might have to uh, get the torches and pitchforks out for uh that season but hopefully and i think this will happen i don't think the jays will be bad i think the jays will kind of be a few games over 500 maybe third or second in that division it's going to be hard to beat the orioles man that team is so scary you know what this this um there's there's so many good teams right now and and that's maybe the hardest part right is that when we look over the the whole league there's eight, nine, 10, 11 teams that are realistically contenders or, you know, that we could see making long playoff pushes. And that's what's frustrating as a Jays fan like right now is that I think we know that we have, we have so much talent. But the fact remains that the, all these other teams have, the, have just as much talent or maybe even less, but maybe get hot at the right time. And that's the the cruelty of baseball, I think. See, I'll just quickly go through the teams that I think have a chance of making the playoffs. So in the Jays division, the AL East, I think there's four that have a pretty good chance of being in the running. I think the Orioles are almost a gimme. The Rays are always annoying, especially for Jays fans. In my opinion, the Rays are my least favorite team that the Jays play because it just always seems that they're close. And then we get kind of to the bullpen and then just one bad pitch screws us over. Anyway, you have the Rays, Orioles, the Jays will be in there, and the Yankees are always around, no matter what. They had a down year last year. Uh, I'm assuming their pitching will get a lot better, so they'll definitely be in the running. The AL Central, which does suck. I'll be the first one to say it. Uh, I think the Twins will probably take that again. Maybe the Guardians would be okay, but other than that, like the Tigers, White Sox, Royals, they're not worried about them. And then you get to the AL West, where you have the defending champs, Texas Rangers, again, going to be really good. Uh, the Astros will be great again as well. You remember that big trade they made? I can't, it's blanking on me. Astros made a big trade. Uh, hopefully I'll figure that out by the sometime point in this episode. Uh, the Mariners again. So that leaves us with eight teams, nine teams if you include the Guardians. And obviously only six of those are going to make it. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Jays kind of place so far uh, at the start of the season. That's what I mean. And I think when we look at this, I'm I'm a little bit debating in my own head. And and maybe you guys let us know too what you think. Um, I, I know there's going to be a lot of the a lot of you that say that we need to make a trade, need to make a trade. A little bit in my own head is like I think we have the skill on this team 
it just comes down to consistency. Are these players consistent enough that we could realistically make a long run? And um, I'm not sure. Do you have the trade there? Uh, it wasn't a trade. I got that wrong. But they signed Josh Hader. I yes, knew there was something. Yes, and they Josh got Hader, yeah. a great closing pitcher to add to their already pretty good bullpen. So, And the Astros are always there. They have so much experience, obviously, on that team. Uh, some people say it's a fraudulent win with their uh, cheating scandals. And I'm one I'm, of those people. I'm not going to comment on that for me. Uh, I, I would probably, if I had to say, I would probably say that they're cheaters as well, just because uh, screw the Astros. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good teams in this AL and especially in the AL East. So the Jays are going to have to almost match the move, I think, with the Orioles and Yankees here if they uh, they want to ha- be favored in this vision. So, so you're on the side of there has to be a move? I'm thinking that maybe not before the season, but I think it's going to be pretty obvious to tell uh, who is ahead of the other. Uh, as we get through the season okay. and that being, I'm not going to get too much into who I think is going to win the division, all this. I think the, I'll just say who I think is going to win the division. I won't do the rankings. Like I, I said, yeah. the Orioles are probably going to win. I, I think we're what we will do before uh, the season starts. We will have our um, MLB fantasy rankings. We will have our um, overall uh, like season predictions. Um, and, and we have all that coming up, but we have so much time during spring training. We really want to see what our guys look like. Um, so yeah, it, you know what? It's going to be a very interesting year. And you know what, Carter, we still got some player profiles to get into. And and we're starting to get to that point where we're uh, being able to talk about some of our better and better players. And uh, this will be an interesting one. I think you guys are really going to want to see uh, who we have for these player yeah, profiles. And just before we cut to those player profiles, I just want to remind you guys of our Locked On 24-7 streaming channel. Yeah. We say this every uh, episode. But uh, we really want to hammer this into your guys' head. It's a great opportunity for you guys to expand your knowledge on uh, the four major sports and some college sports as well. So just tune in to the 24-7 Locked On streaming channel. You can just go to YouTube and subscribe. All right. So back to the player profiles. Um, first of all, you know what? I think... I. Personally, out of the two guys that we chose for today, um, one guy interests me a little bit more than the other. And he had a very interesting season last year. Um, that's Trevor Richards. Now, Trevor Richards, I'll let you I'll let you throw the stats in here, but Trevor Richards had a very, very good start to the season. After his injury, it completely fell off a cliff. Why don't you run us down just to see how drastic this change was from when he came back. Yeah, he looked, the Silver Fox looked amazing in uh, the first, honestly, two-thirds pretty much of the season. I mean, that change-up has insane break. It it was making people look silly. He was so on. And I'm going to kind of outline that with his uh, ERA standings here. So in March and April, he had a 3.18 ERA. In May, it was a 3.55, a little bit higher. In June, 3.07, two. Four five in July, and then he was battling Nick neck infl- inflammation. Sorry, neck inflammation, neck inflammation. That's yeah, uh, my yeah. own injury. Yeah, uh, he was battling that for uh, apparently a couple months, but he was just playing through it, kind of just helping his guys out. And then, as the Jays were in a pretty good uh, position, they decided like, ah, we'll shut Trevor Richards down for fifteen days. Then he comes back, and it's like a completely different guy. He in August he had a six four three ERA. And uh, you might want to close your ears for this one. 12-4-1 in September and October. Yeah, and I mean, it's 
it's such a drastic, drastic change. Now, I'll give you the entire uh, year stats because it, this this doesn't paint the best picture, and that's why we wanted to give you those stats as well because it, this doesn't paint you an overall picture of Trevor Richards' season. So he had a four nine five ERA over the entire season, 72, point, uh, 72 and two-thirds innings pitched, 40 earned runs, 13 home runs given up, 35 walks, and 105 strikeouts. Now, now that's not horrible. It's not good, but it's it's the the biggest thing we want to point out is how drastic of a change it was from that injury timeline. Now, my my question to you is: Do you think that he gets back to how he was at the beginning of the season, or do you think he's conti- going to continue to struggle? I think that. I don't want to say this, but I think I have to. I think it was a little bit of a fluke, unfortunately. I agree. Uh, his changeup, I mean, his changeup is disgusting. That's uh, that's not a uh, an understatement at all. Uh, his changeup has always been good, and I'll go into that as well. His changeup batting average was a one six five. He had seventy eight strikeouts, and he threw it fifty six point six percent of the time. Obviously, if he doesn't has kind of a mistake pitch on that changeup. It does get taken for a ride if he doesn't get the right uh, the grip and the follow through on it. And it only had nine home runs, not horrible. I mean, it is what it is. But that fastball, the average is three thirty off that fastball. Threw it forty three point four percent of the time, twenty seven Ks. The problem with Trevor Richards, I think, is that if even with his good changeup, he only has two pitches. Yeah. So it's either like you can kind of just sit on the changeup, and his fastball is not that good. It kind of sits low nineties. And he used to have another pitch, but then he just wasn't, again, wasn't very effective with it. Uh, I think it was a slider or a curveball. I'm not 100% sure on that. But, uh, yeah, he obviously wasn't very good. Cut it out. Uh, slows the change up a lot and did not have a lot of success when he came back from that injury. Yeah, and and this is the problem with two pitch pitchers, right? Especially when it is just that fastball and that change up. It's pretty easy to read for these guys, right? These guys aren't rookies. These guys have been in the league a long time and, and can read those pitches, so... Trevor Richards, I'm 100% with you. I think it was a bit of a fluke the start of a season. I don't know if he'll necessarily be as bad as he was in the back half of that year, but I think that we can expect not a great deal from him this year. Um, well, the thing is with uh, Trevor Richards, sorry to cut you off there, no, no. we're not really expecting him to be like our late-inning guy, right? No. His bullpen is so deep that we can get away with putting Trevor Richards in low leverage in fifth, sixth inning, and he's going to be fine. Like You're not going to have to complain too much. If no, throwing him in the yeah, no, exactly. I and mean, we want to point it out like he's going to be like the worst player of all time either. It, it, he's going to be probably fine, right? Um, which is great. He fits his role, right? Is And if I think if guys know their role and they're happy with that and they can go in and, and do what they need to do, that's that's what we need, right? Consistency. If he could be consistent and we don't need to have these spikes and drops and whatever, then I'm pretty happy with with what we are going to get from Trevor Richards, I think, this year. Um, I do want to move in here to our next player, and that's IKF. Um, I'll give you his season stats. 113 games played, six home runs, 37 RBI, 70 strikeouts, two, uh, a batting average of 242, and a slugging percentage of 340. Doesn't really move the needle for me, but we knew what we were getting with IKF, right? Yeah, you get IKF, and you're not expecting his offensive stats to blow you away. This is a defensive move, and I think the way we've been talking about this before, he's probably going to start the season at third base. We're hoping for David Schneider on this podcast, but IKF has earned it. He's shown it with his career, like we say. He's proved it already. David Schneider, not as proven. So having IKF defensively at third base is pretty good, actually. He's a great defender. He can play pretty much all over the diamond, uh, a pretty average arm, uh, 
like just he makes the sure, easy plays, and that's what you need. He makes the sure plays. Maybe not gonna make a bunch of diving catches, spectacular plays, but he's gonna get the job done. So if he can just kind of be that defensive uh, defensive player and hit in that eighth spot, I'm gonna be okay with that. Yeah, he's he's not gonna be the flashy guy, right? But you, you don't really need him to be. You need him to be just sort of locked down on the plays you need to, that need to be made, and don't you know don't make a ton of mistakes. And that's exactly what he is. And when when we picked him up and when the acquisition was made, we knew exactly what we were getting, right? So there's there's there should be no 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 real complaints, I don't think, because we have again, we have David Schneider for the bats when we need it, and we have a couple other guys that hopefully will get more playing time. But overall, the IKF as a player, I it is what it is, honestly. That that's that's where I'm at with him. I, I don't know what to expect. I don't maybe he'll blow us away. But I, right now, I'm sort of at okay. We got him. What are we going to do with him? Yeah, I mean, career 260 hitter. Uh, if you have to rely on your eight hitter in the batting order to score all of your runs, you're probably in a bad spot to begin with. Yeah, uh, it's, we say this all the time. You need your top five guys, especially those middle uh, two, three, four, to get on base to be driving in those runs. Obviously, it'd be nice if IKF could get on base and maybe start those rallies for our big boys at the top of the order. But at the same time. IKF is there for defense. Kevin Kiermeyer is that guy that will be hitting ninth and kind of turning over the order. So if you can get IKF, I know he hit 242, I believe it was last year, you said. If you can hit 250, even if it is 240, I think you can't really be mad about that. Like you said, the expectations aren't crazy high. Just kind of a role player for this Blue Jays team. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Before we get sort of continuing here, we just want to mention that you got uh, make sure you guys tune into that 24 7 streaming uh, channel. There is tons of stuff going on right now and in, in just in the sports world in general with the Super Bowl coming up um, uh, you know the NHL sort of get into the back half of the season here so go make sure you guys check out all of the uh, that channel uh, 24/7 sports streaming service um, locked on and uh, yeah and I got uh, sorry I got one more thing to throw in here that oh. uh, we forgot to mention at the start oh, of the episode okay. uh, back to Alec Manoa quickly uh, yes, that's right. Caught throwing uh, bullpens to Jorge Soler. Is that a guy that we're still in on? I don't know. I don't know. And you know what? I think we're going to do a bigger talk again on Soler just to maybe see. Maybe we'll do like a free agent thing like left if we realistically think that any of these are still possible. I, I'm at the point where I think we aren't. But I think we'll, we'll maybe do another thing on that, depending on what we see in the, in this yeah. coming week here. There, there has been some rumblings that uh, the Blue Jays are looking for another right-handed outfield bat. So Soler would kind of fit that picture, but it would be surprising to see the Jays kind of fork over another $15 million. But we'll kind of get into that in uh, tomorrow's episode. Thank you guys for watching. I'm just going to shout out our Twitters one more time. Uh, Carter first two because couldn't get the one. Still looking for that guy. Uh, if you guys ever want to hit us up and uh, hook me up for uh, my actual username, that'd be nice. And then we got Braden5Owasco. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribing. Helps us out a ton. 70% of you guys aren't subscribed. Uh, we want to at least get that to 50-50. Ideally, 100% of you guys subscribe if you're already watching our content. Uh, Brayden, do you got anything else to say? Yeah, I got one more thing to say. I don't know if this is true or not. This is what the uh, the insiders are telling me. Is Carter first one our roommate, Justin Powers? He it, says he doesn't know. Nothing to say. Okay, not, okay. Not say no answer. Here. No answer. Okay. Anyways, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, I think next week we are going to have on possibly our first guest. Um, and then we do have a confirmed uh, sort of our first really big guest that we got uh, coming on the podcast, um, I believe in two weeks? Uh, February 9th. February 9th. That's when we're recording. So it'll be come out the Monday after that, February 12th, I believe. Yeah. 
That would be so great. yeah, stay tuned for that. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we're, we're both to have so much fun. This season's going to get underway. We are so ready to go.